Hello, and welcome back to Let the Wookiee Win an Unofficial Star Wars Podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Ian. Hello, I am Jay. And today we're actually joined by our buddy Cole. Hey, what's up, Cole? What's up, buddy? Cole's been talking uh, with me the past couple weeks. You know, he comes up, he's like, I got this theory. I got this. I'm like, come on. He's like, well, I can't right now. But So we got <laughs> Cole here. We got He's going to get. He's gonna drop some knowledge on us. Yeah, and hopefully you had just watched Geek Tame Weekly. If you haven't, after I know you're I done watching this, go at that. And then watch PodQuesters mm-hmm. later. But I digress. Um, so social media, yeah. Oh yeah, social Check us media. Out on social media uh, at Wookie Podcast. Smash that like button. Smash it. Yeah. What are they? What are they? What, what's the I, old I, thing? I, uh, I, turn turn the knob and oh, then turn, tear um, the knob off. Or is it? I don't know. It was an old radio thing. I don't know. I like a tune in, turn on, drop out. That's okay. one of mine. One of my favorites. Or the Call of Duty one. Shut up, clock in, and load up, or whatever. <laughs> That's what know. they say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a video game guy. I don't know. I play Star Wars games and superhero games. and oh. I used to be a and Halo Poke- guy. And Pokemon. Oh, well, yeah, Pokemon. Although I've heard the new one's really disappointing. Anyway, <laughs> um, freaking. So we're going to kick off the show with the cast and crew member of the week, as always. And this time I picked someone who isn't technically part of the cast or the crew. Technically, but instrumental, but in, he in is making the movie. Literally, oh, absolutely, he is the reason that we got <laughs> yeah. Star Wars. After Disney passed on it and Universal passed on it, we have Alan Ladd Jr. Literally, without this man, Star Wars would not have been made. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, oh, because yeah. Uh, they, you know, <clears throat> he fought to have this made, and uh, despite all the problems that they were having with, uh, you know, they they wanted to shut it down oh, several yeah. times because it of went bu- over budget, you know, over budget, and schedule, lo- locations and... for that kind of thing is like crazy. They had to go to. You know, overseas and what? Also, the original, Namibia. the original cut was apparently a freaking mess. Well, <laughs> yeah, and that was all George Lucas's wife who fixed that. Apparently, thank God. But uh, <laughs> no, Alan Ladd. So he was a he's a film executive and a producer. Um, he was the head of oh, what's studio Fox. Fox. Yep, Duh. 20th Century Fox. Um, yeah, and oh, like while he was there, he did Alien and well, Star Wars. Yeah, and uh, you know, Police Academy and. God, there's so many. Yeah, he's made a ton of movies, actually. He made, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry about that. Uh, yeah, after he left Fox, after Alien and Star Wars, like you said, he did uh, Police Academy, Night Shift, uh, Chariots of Fire, which I remember as a kid. Now, my favorite thing that he probably produced besides Star Wars is when he left Fox and went to MGM. <coughs> he did a fish called Wanda. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. love that movie. Never heard of it. Oh, you need to Never see heard it. Of it's a hilarious. Fish oh, oh, man. It's a classic. Classic 80s movie. Oh, that, that's so funny. I mean, he had class, He had a few classic 80s movies. Moonstruck, mm-hmm. Thelma and Louise. 90s, technically. Oh, he made oh, Police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He produced Police Academy, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, without Alan Ladd, Moonstruck would Moonstruck was 90s? No, 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 no. Um, Mm, the uh, Thelma and Louise was 90s. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I 90- thought that was 89 for some reason. 8, 91. All right. I oh, wouldn't yeah. know that if it wasn't for the Wikipedia page <laughs> telling me that. But um, Close enough to 80s. These <laughs> kinds of people, though, they don't get nearly enough credit. Mm-hmm. Like, like, outside of the creative side, the people who, like, were already in the system and gave the bona fides to these yeah. new people, like... With Spielberg, Scorsese, and uh, Lucas, their big guy was Roger Corman, mm-hmm. who like he started well, the whole one of them. They they had that era of filmmakers just had so it was just such an amazing era of like filmmaking. Oh yeah, and you know they, it, it's funny how who became what and how all that happened. Oh yeah, totally. Because George Lucas was super like anti the system. Right. He's oh, pretty yeah. much responsible for you, the current system. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Have you ever seen his like first short THX film? THX eleven thirty eight. No, the one he made like way. before before that. No. It's literally just some guy running through the forest 
or whatever and getting shot at. Oh, no, yeah. they, they showed it in, in full. <laughs> it's not at all subtle, but huh. then Lucas has never been subtle. <laughs> That's so true. One of my favorites making fun of the special edition changes is the video where it's like the super special editions and they just have like a hundred freaking X-Wings <laughs> or TIE Fighters. It's like what he did to the special edition, but like to the max. Right. Um, well, I mean, like, yeah, guys like this, like we always think about the directors and things like that, but the producers are the ones that actually are the ones that come up with the money. They're the ones that actually get the movie yeah. made. Like I said, he had to fight for this to, to even keep it going because well think about this how many people know kevin smith right a lot yeah who knows scott mosher yeah not as many not as many yep but he didn't he, scott mosher directed uh, that animated um yeah cringe he, movie recently he, didn't he or, uh, i thought it was like a Krampus and wasn't thing it, or something like that hmm. I don't know. and wasn't it like with uh smith because uh, like the original clerks played in like three or four uh, small, small theaters, but then Roger Ebert saw it and he gave like a really, really glowing recommendation. And that's how it took off, apparently. No, Clerks actually had played. What festival was it? Uh, it was in. I know which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was and the it same got, one that mm-hmm. he that he saw Slackers at. Yes, yes, and it was that's like the one that was everyone's like, whoa, holy crap, yeah, yeah. Clerks. Um, but yeah, so Alan Ladd, thank you, because we wouldn't be doing the show without you. May the force be with you. But Alan you're Ladd. not getting any royalties. Um, But yeah, so so this I didn't actually get in on the rundown uh, in time, but it popped up in between when I sent the rundown in and now, um, and we're on to a News Hope, by the way. We've moved moved on from cast and crew members. We've gone to News Hope, a News Hope. Um, So this, I hope, is true. Um, Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni may play larger roles in the overall Star Wars universe moving forward. All freaking for that. Yeah, that's what, uh, you know, there's... I think Kathleen, uh, Kathleen Kennedy was interviewed, and she said that he's going to have a lot, uh, Favreau at least, will have a lot to say over the future. I hope so. Which just shows you how much they love the Mandalorian. Well, how much everyone loves the <laughs> yeah, Mandalorian. Absolutely. I think this is the first time that the collective whole of the Star Wars fandom, since they've bought the property, has been like, we love this. Right. And Outside of the things that Dave Filoni's been right. doing. Well, that's what I was going to say. They credit the, the, this this new, like, uh, coming back to, to Star Wars with Favreau and Filoni. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how much just one show, and we've only seen two episodes. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy uh, how effective that, that they've become, and they they they're like, okay, they know they know the Star Wars world, they know mm-hmm. how to do it right. Let's have them, let's well, give them more. A yeah. lot of it, I think, is because this is the first show that feels like it's telling its own story. Yes, rather than, absolutely. And here here's the the problem I think with a lot of stores and something that we'll touch on later. Ah, with, Rebels. Uh, true, true, but something that really I think just really is a complication for the major movies is that Star Wars has become such a big thing over the past 40 years I think and there are people who have only seen the movies mm-hmm. there, are, there are people who have only seen the original trilogy the people, mm-hmm. people have only seen the prequel trilogy people have read the comics the books the video games and every, and it's like Superman where no, I, everyone, I call it the, the Superman symptom. Yeah, where everyone has their own take or their, their own, own version oh, yeah, of no, it. We've talked about this in it's depth been, on this and Geektainment Weekly. Because it's, it's the Star Wars is the product of literally hundreds and hundreds of different writers and mm-hmm. artists and uh, game designers and whatnot. Well, plus two, everybody interprets uh, a story uh, differently. Oh, everybody, yes. Every, everybody's own um, experiences and yeah. things like that interpret how they, they uh, you know, it affects how they interpret it. So therefore... 
they might come up if they're going to you know come up with their own story their life experience all those things are going to affect the way that they uh, portray a story as opposed oh, yeah. to other people so absolutely. that's why you get all these different you know different versions no oh, absolutely i mean that's like i said <coughs> and you know, i i it's that's how i feel about the last jedi am i happy with it as a film i mean like from a filmmaking standpoint it's a well-made film oh yeah but the only thing i mean my dislike from that movie because it comes from years of building right. up what I want. That, like I said, right. that's not fair to the filmmakers, right, right. but that's what you're dealing with when you deal with these big franchises that have been around forever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so many people expect so many different things because they're fans and they want to see right. fulfilling fan stuff. And the only way to get the story that you want 100% is to write it yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We're trying. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so um, this is interesting um, because Kathleen Kennedy came out and said that she doesn't know when the next Star Wars film will be. But, but this is this is crazy. Like this is from what we had last week. There's there's nothing in the there's nothing in the works. Nothing. But hold the this. phone. Now Apparently, all of a sudden, 2022. Uh-huh. You know what you know what that tells me is that when they say there's nothing in the works, I think what that means is we haven't committed to anything yet. Um, well, maybe maybe yeah. not. I mean, they're obviously brainstorming. Yeah, they're obviously brainstorming, well, especially with Kevin Feige on board well, now. I mean, and I mean, like a movie. Maybe that's the one he's producing. I mean, years ago, like not even years ago, like two years ago, we had rumors of like an Obi Wan movie. That's happening. Bo- oh, maybe no, that's the show now. That's Sorry. getting turned into uh, a show now. But it's like there's lots of things that I think that are. Being considered, oh. but not necessarily committed to. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, look at look at over at DC. It's the same thing. Right? Oh yeah, We're Batwoman. But, but this, this might is, happen. That might happen. Well, that's because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> well, but this Q, is a little bit Lucas different. Film. This is a little bit different though, because they already have they they already know that they're making an announcement in January. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's only yeah. two months away. Like yeah. literally last week, all the stories were okay. This is the uh, once this uh, the, the rise of Skywalker is over, we're going to take a hiatus. That didn't last a week. No. <laughs> now all of a sudden there's no. an announcement coming out in January. And I think twenty twenty two and there's other articles that say there's already a director on board. Too. Yeah. A which, lot. which wouldn't shock me if it was Favreau or Filoni. Yeah. Or both. I, mean, I don't know if they co-direct. I could yeah. see one of them producing and the other, like like I did with the first episode of Mandalorian. Or maybe one of them writes it and one of them directs it or whatnot. Yeah, no, I mean that's what I'm saying. Filoni yeah. directed episode one of Mandalorian, John Favreau is the showrunner, right. so maybe that'll just extend to the film. Well, not not like it'll be a Mandalorian film. I just meant the working relationship. Right. What I'm hoping is that this kind of like sudden change in the what in what they've been uh, in the information they've been putting out is because they've seen with the Mandalorian that you can take a story that is completely fresh that isn't attached to any existing characters in the Star Wars universe and it can still succeed. Yeah. And that's why I hope if there is if we do get a new Star Wars movie in 2022, I believe mm-hmm. that it is. Completely fresh. It's a fresh uh, start. But, Doesn't even have to be in like the timeline right. of the prequel, original, or sequel trilogy. Just <clears throat> no, start no, something new. I totally agree with but you. But uh, uh, something that we're well, I just dropped out a little bit. Sorry, because it's it's it's, um, a, it's a chance to get away from those entanglements you get with from basing right. it in the prequel, original, sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. But we're also assuming that this would be a theatrical film. That's, That's true. true. <laughs> they, you know, it with could Disney be a Plus, Disney it Plus? could be a, a, movie, a Disney Plus movie. You never and know. What kind, that, I'm curious what would happen if that happened. It'd be interesting. Well, like Netflix did now, like with The Irishman, they released something mm-hmm. for like two weeks in the theater. and then Right. Well, they had to do that for awards. Right, exactly. But, but 
but what I'm saying is that could be something that could be the new model of what happens. Maybe with, with these streaming uh, movies and stuff like that. You know, the streaming companies making that could end up being the model where maybe you get it for a couple weeks in the theaters. If you don't see it, but you'll you'll have it on the streaming. Yeah, site. I mean, so, it, I mean, knows? it wouldn't shock me because I I really thought a couple years ago when um, Netflix was like, oh, by the way, Cloverfield sequel, Midnight after Super Bowl, right. like. What? Yeah. Okay. I really <laughs> thought that was going to like rock things, but I don't think it was as successful as they wanted it to be or hoped it would be, which I mean makes sense because there was no marketing. Granted, the right. Super Bowl is like one and of the I've, most watched things. And right. I've read somewhere that that movie was never intended to be in the Cloverfield. No, universe. they bought it and then yeah. connected it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which well, that that doesn't show very much confidence in a movie. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, or or it does. <clears throat> like they think it's strong enough to stand with this franchise. Right. Well, I yeah. think they were. I think they were going to do more with the Clover. Field franchise, and I don't. I don't think that second one did enough for them to. I really to do liked so. it though. I I loved. Are you talking the about the Cloverfield uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that one's amazing. So yeah. good. But uh, yeah, I mean, because this, you know, with the news now that Kevin Feige, and it's funny because Kathleen Kennedy said in this interview, he basically, and this is how, this is the difference between our our stage in life and these guys' stage in life. Kevin Feige was just like. I really like Star Wars. Hey, can I do something with Star Wars? And they're like, yeah, we can't do that. But Kevin no. Feige, because of his Marvel... Uh, Not yet. <laughs> because of his Marvel stuff. And basically, that's what Kevin Smith has done, too. Kevin Smith, you know, when he started uh, uh, directing uh, Supergirl and Flash mm-hmm. and stuff like that, he never even thought to do it. But his uh, Jordan Manzano, who's... Uh, yeah, his producer. J- yeah, Jay's wife, was just like, I'm just going to send an email and ask. <laughs> and he's like, what? What are you doing? And what'd they say? And they said yes. Yeah. And he was, oh, okay. Here in normal world, that <laughs> happens once in a blue no. moon. Yeah. The worst yeah. they can say is no. And yeah. his RMO. So Feige just said, hey, man, I'd like to be involved. And they're like, okay, sure. And so, Feige, he's got a freaking golden ticket, golden ticket now. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, he has the most golden of any ticket, realistically. Cool. Yeah. Except for, uh, the only people who are comparable probably are the Russo brothers. Yeah, well, you know, after freaking... Making, making the, most. the biggest film of all time and probably what what's where's Infinity War at now? Third, fourth place? Third, I think. Third place. Having the two highest grossing, two of the three highest grossing films of all time isn't I'm, gonna hurt with you yeah, making no. like Chris gotta, Nolan. Chris Nolan can make anything he freaking wants. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. You know? Um, but so uh, next up, did you guys see this at all? The um, the Entertainment Weekly they put out that the bunch of photos and like yeah. the spread and everything, the and, three different covers. And yeah, everything. which I mean they do for every one of those mm-hmm. movies. Like I think Annie Leibovitz did the last one. I don't think she did this one. I don't know. Um, but um, I haven't actually delved into the article yet. I'm trying to avoid it. anything. <laughs> yeah, you know because like it doesn't need to be a spoiler. It just needs to be a little bit of info that hints at something, right. the, and that's enough for me to go okay, boom, 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 boom. The important gist of it is that it says so J.J. Abrams is ironically in almost the exact opposite position he was in mm-hmm. The Force Awakens where because he said like in the weeks leading up to The Force Awakens he said the test screenings for this film were literally the most terrifying hour and a half of my life and now well, because, uh, they, because you're you, bringing in new characters so you don't know if these characters are going oh, yeah. to hit and, or not and he says in this article it's like so they asked me to bring Star Wars back, and that was terrifying. And now they're asking me to, to save Star Wars. To close it no, to, to end to, to close the, it out. To close yeah, the saga. <laughs> but I'm sure they came to him like JJ. Please come save Star Wars. But Help he us, did, JJ. You're our only hope. <laughs> he did say a few things. Though he said that uh, 
you know, they actually did more reshoots on Seven than they did on this one. Interesting. And he feels, you know, even though he's scared because it is a race, he said he feels infinitely better at this stage of the game than he did with Force Awakens. Well, that's yeah. good because apparently they're not done yet yeah. with the Rise of Skywalker. But and it was cool because they asked him too about, you know, because we see these trailers, we see a lot of action, and a lot of times we see all the action in the movie in the trailer. And then we go to see the movie and it's like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. But he said that. Even with all the stuff that's been shown, he said fans still have no idea what's going on. I'm sure. It's G.G. freaking Abrams. <laughs> yeah. He's Mr. He Mystery Box. all of that stuff has only scratched the they surface. They managed that with the first one. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, he manages that with pretty much everything that um, pretty much everything out. that he yeah. does. Yeah. This, so I'm stoked. This, though, the, the reshoots or whatever, like, if it's for making the movie better, that's fine by me. Oh, yeah. But this tells me that the movie has been test screened to death. And I always say that you should listen to your fans insofar as fans are, like, really, really good at identifying mistakes Mm -hmm. and problems with your work. You know what they're not good at? Suggesting solutions for those mistakes. (laughs) I mean... Well, this was a pretty in-depth article. I mean, they talk more about, uh, you know, Isaac, uh, Oscar Isaac and John Boyega. They both wanted their characters to do more, and they got it. So, totally. Yeah, so they're excited about that. And, uh, you know, we've been talking ever since we started the podcast about the red eyes with 3PO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so and they're, they're really building this up that this, you know, 3PO has a major role mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. And what I found interesting is that uh, Ray even said, or Rid- Daisy Ridley said that Ray might spend more time with 3PO than any of the other characters in the movie. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe, maybe he's with her while she's training? Could not be. not not the one training her obviously, right, right, but right. maybe he's there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I but guess another we'll good thing see. they said that JJ said this is wrapping up. We're not setting up any future story. There's nothing in there that will set something up for the future. It's just wrapping up. Well, I still want to know what that last shot is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, supposedly it will make every Star Wars fan cry. Yeah, we've only got Fair two enough. months to, to wait now. Yes, <laughs> no, we got a month. Oh, yeah, that's true. We only have a month. It's It's November. November, It's not October. I've said this to uh, Ian before. The thing I'm most excited to see is Ian McDermott uh, returning as the Emperor. Right. Because, uh, no offense to George Lucas, but when he directed Palpatine in the prequels in Episode 3... it was kind of laughable at points. It was definitely over the top. Yeah. Well, a lot of the acting and the, the uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, all of the yeah. acting was. But he he just is able to sell this pure evil character mm. so well. Well, I think that also comes from his classical acting training. Oh yeah. Right? Well, that's what's also always, too interesting. We know he's there somehow, but we still have no idea yeah. how or yeah. in what capacity yeah. he's there. Yeah. So, I've always I've always said Pop, uh, E. McDermott he play a really good Caesar. Oh, yeah. He has, a, he has that Roman that look. He to has him. at some point. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably, yeah. He's a stage actor. Probably has at some point, yeah. yeah. And they did imply in the in the, um, in the the article, too, that there's going to be a lot of Force Ghosts. Oh, yeah. No, well, yeah. so, so I wonder if we're actually going to see all of them or if it's going to be like we're going to hear them or what. Because, mm-hmm. like, that's what we've been hearing for a while now is that, that the rumor is that we're going to get, like, everyone, right. like, even down to Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. Like the, uh, kind of like the end of Goblet of Fire from Harry Potter. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking it's going to be something like that. Yeah. I didn't see that because I'm not a nerd. No, just just to get the hell up, Jay. <laughs> no, You're I on a show that. called Let the Wookiee Win. I know, but I had to say that because my, <laughs> my wife just texted me saying, I learned more about Star Wars than I ever wanted to from you nerds. I'm like, oh, <laughs> real nice. 
I take that as a compliment. Oh, yeah, there is stuff she wants to, um, she's got a beef with you. We'll talk about it. Oh, after no, the show, what did so. I do? Just how you can't, how you somehow can't like Batman Returns. Oh, Doesn't okay. Yeah, I'll, so I'll we'll talk about, about that. <laughs> Coming to new radio media, new show. Ian debates people about Tim Burton's Batman I will, movies. I will say that although Batman and Robin is the worst film, Batman Returns just irritates the freaking shit out of me. All those movies do, in some extent, for me. But yeah. um, I mean, but we didn't make them, and. You know, and this isn't let the Wookie, you know, This is let the Wookiee win. It's yeah, not, this isn't uh, let Ian not, bitch about things he doesn't it's like. It's not our, Alfred Pennyworth. That's um, Geek Weekly. Tea and you probably just watched that. <laughs> um, so this next thing's interesting. So Sorry, um, you I know, have to adjust my seat. I accidentally brought it down. There we go. There you better. go. Um, so you know, with Bob Iger's book coming out, um, his autobiography, and saying everything about how you know Lucas critiqued this, and we finally have Kathleen Kennedy commenting on mm-hmm. it. Who, if I'm not mistaken, was Lucas's chosen successor. Yeah, yeah. He, well, she's worked with him. He since, chose, yeah. yeah. She, he chose her. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. I'm curious. I mean, I get what she's saying. She basically says it's just really difficult for him to hand it off because right. you know he created this. It's kind of who he is, and and it's just hard to not be involved. Fair enough. To that point, though, y'all could have had him involved, and you could have stuck with what he wanted to do to an extent. Right. And had him be like, it seems like every time something's going wrong behind the scenes of one of these new movies or one of the shows, oh, it's calling George Lucas. Right. Let's get George Lucas's opinion. Like. Why not have just had him from the beginning? I know he doesn't want to direct him, and he doesn't want to write him, and he sold the thing for a reason, but... It it, it is, though, I mean, like you said, when you create... um when you create characters that are so pervasive in, in pop culture, um, not even pop culture, just in, in culture in general, and to see, you know, you had certain ideas when you created these characters. And if you go and uh, somebody else takes over these characters and they go a different route, then it, it's got to be difficult. Right. But you know, she kind of implied that he was kind of, you know, he was upset that when he sold it to them, he gave them an outline. Yeah, yeah, and, treatments, and like full treatments. when they brought him back in to tell him what they were doing it was obviously not following his story right at all. and well, so apparently he was kind of bummed he, about it which i mean I, it's understandable well, apparently be, they sold it to him as they <clears throat> wanted to buy the treatments and lucas right. film to be fair though the treatments to be fair could have been crap <laughs> they could have been they might have been but yeah. at the very yeah. least they could have taken them and stuck you know what i mean like i feel like if you had kept the eu around you don't need to be super beholden to it but, but there are a lot of contradictory well, if, things in the EU, too, that you would have to... If you want oh, absolutely. Out, but like, <laughs> if, if you they want... had just the, the kids, that like right. the actual kids from the EU, like the like Luke's kid, all right. that stuff, people would have been happy. You could have cha- They probably could have changed a crap ton of story details if they just had mm-hmm. them. But, but are those... I mean, are those novels that, you know, the EU, is that really George Lucas's vision of it as well, though? You know what I mean? Like, um, at the very beginning, he was very overseeing. At the very beginning, but then there was... 30 years of work. Oh, yeah. yeah, you can't pay attention books. to all of them. And, you know, I mean. and the problem is, is that as sad as it is to lose the EU, there's a lot of stuff in there that just, in my opinion, wasn't good. Well, see, and I, I, and that's and that's the problem, though. When you open up the uh, universe for tons of other artists to give their own take mm-hmm. on it or whatever it is, you wind up with a lot of inconsistency. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm maybe I, I'm, I know that I'm unpopular in this room with this. I don't care about the EU. I, I never really delved too much into it. I read and a few. I, I read I, a couple I think of the that's books fair, and stuff but like some that. people want to fight right. you about. Exactly, yeah. but I read a couple of the books and I, you know, I saw some of the comic books and stuff. And I like, you know, it was cool, but I never. And that wasn't to me. That wasn't my Star Wars. You know, my Star Wars was up on the film. So to me, I didn't really care about the EU. Yeah. Being, I mean, it's cool to have those stories, yeah. but I didn't. 
to, to not make them canon, I was I was fine. I get with. what you're saying. I mean, for me, the only big big thing for me um, was the Thrawn trilogy. I, I mean, I love I've right. read all the not all of them, but a lot of the other ones in the comics and stuff. But I love the Thrawn trilogy. Well, to we, me, that's to me that was seven, eight, and nine. Right. Well, uh, we might be talking about that a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but absolutely. I'm curious to see that. It, we'll see when we get there. But, yeah, we'll then, talk about yeah, that, but, but I mean, and that's cool. And, but like you said, I mean that was brought into canon. That was brought, you know, that was with rebels and everything. So they that at least they well at took, least Thrawn himself was. right, yeah. But at least they took some of the aspects of the EU and and, and did make it canon. But uh, what I'm saying is like, you know, I think like you uh, have a much bigger audience with the movies than mm-hmm. you do. With oh yeah, the totally. oh without question. So it without makes question. sense that they would say you know that stuff that no you know only a certain. Uh, section of people have read. Mm-hmm. Not, not going to worry about that. We'll just go from here. It, it makes sense. It makes sense. And and to that point, it's interesting <clears throat> because Marvel's sort of going the opposite way mm-hmm. with the Disney Plus stuff. They're like, it is integral to watch that stuff to know what's going on moving forward. I think that's ballsy, but I think they'll it'll work. Mm-hmm. And I, I think yeah. it, I wouldn't mind if that's how Star Wars moved forward. Right. I wouldn't, especially if they're going to handle things like the Mandalorian, which apparently cost a hundred million dollars to make. No, this yeah. is this is trend setting for uh, entertainment like this. Yeah. Uh, they told us in film school, it's like movies in terms of like what they can what can be achieved with it. They've kind of reached their peak potential. If you want to go where. They're trendsetting and doing new things. It's in television. No, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, plus TV is essentially movie quality now. Right. Most yes. of it, anyway. Well, yes. They're spending well, yeah. twenty-five million an episode on the Marvel. The Mandalorian yeah. looks like a movie. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. As, as much as you know, they're saying anywhere between twelve point five to fifteen million per episode for the Mandalorian. Yeah. That's half of what they're doing through these Marvel movies. So these mm-hmm. Marvel movies for the shows, you mean? Yeah, Marvel shows. These Marvel shows better look amazing because they're talking. Those are twenty-five million. Oh episode. yeah. Well, I mean, this. I mean, you got to think Mandalorian. Let's say it is fifteen a million an episode that's the same as Game of Thrones mm, yeah. so you know yeah but I, I think Mandalorian even looks better than Game of Thrones I though. could not agree more I think it looks awesome it looks the I, like I said I, I've said this a million times I'm so impressed with how seamless the, the CGI is with the, the practical stuff it looks beautiful yeah. it's clear that they're like not like doing as much flashy stuff like in the movies mm. which for me is fine that gives it a, a, a more sedate and like low key kind of mm-hmm. feel to it cuz with the mandalorian the, the I was talking to Ian about this earlier the feel of it really reminded me of samurai jack a little bit a cartoon yeah right i was going to say it's it's it's, a, it's like a western yes yeah, that's, that's totally what i said that's, that was my <laughs> and response star wars yeah. has always had kind of that western feel mm mm-hmm. With a little bit of science fantasy thrown. Yeah, in. but this—I mean, this looks like an old, like uh, Clint Eastwood. Movie, oh yeah, you totally. Know what I mean? Like the the Lone Gun, you know, or like Lone Gunner on his own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just—it looks like that. It's got that old Western feel to it with the, uh, um, the you know, the main guy. You know, and it, and the sets are <laughs> pretty similar too, as far as you know, deserts and and just wilderness. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. The Lone Gunslinger mentality is very much his character. Yeah. It's yeah. Awesome. Perfect mix of practical and CGI. Mm-hmm. They finally nailed that balance. Yeah, we well, were talking about that last episode, just the, <clears throat> how how they f- seamlessly fit in the CG with like the animatronic stuff and right. stuff yeah. like There's that. There's just enough there that's practical to convince you that it's all real. Yeah, the, the uncanny valley is mm-hmm. very blurry there because it's, yeah. it's hard to tell. That, you know, it, it's done really, yeah. really well. Like Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, it's CGI, but it's some of the best CGI I've ever seen. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. Well, yeah. even like uh, when uh, you, uh, 
now that we've we've had the second episode as as of taping this right now, we're <laughs> waiting on the third one. But the uh, second one where uh, he ends up going to get the egg, yeah, and he fights that creature. That yeah. creature looked so good, yeah. so good, like looked so good. You know, there, there's been so many times where we've seen CGI where it's like, oh, that looks horrible. You know, mm-hmm. even the you know, I love the Flash, but the the, the it's, it's CW. It's CW. Or, or there's a reason that like, when they have or a fight with like um, well, you want like, man King is Shark like, or whatever. <laughs> When, he, when they have a fight with King Shark, nothing else happens yeah. in the whole episode because all of the money went into. Yeah, like, exactly. But these are these are beautifully, beautifully created, uh, uh, you know, CGI creations, and uh, mm-hmm. it's done really well. We got to think it's ILM. Yeah, it's well, ILM. Yeah, yeah. You have everything at your disposal, right? right there. Like your like the best like CG company in the world just yeah. happens to be yours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, except for Weta Workshop, I think they're probably they're top of the line. They're pretty comparable, but they're yeah. different. They're, yeah, they Weta's really more focus mi- on different stuff. Yeah, Weta's more miniatures and practical effects. ILM is more CGI focused. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so... Mandalorian, check it out. Oh, it's so good. Baby <laughs> Yoda! If, if you haven't heard of it... Uh. <laughs> yeah, right? If you haven't heard of a Mandalorian, you're... Probably just stumbled upon this by accident and have no idea why you're watching. <laughs> so yeah. episode two, what'd you think about it? Oh, I loved it. I, I loved, loved it. Although for the life of me, I cannot remember the ending of the episode. Yeah, so I no I came in here a little bit ago to watch it before the episode, but I forgot my power cord at home and I had like ten uh. percent power. So I got to like the halfway point and then I just fast forwarded to the last like two minutes. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, we saw an episode. It ends one. on like a like a cliffhanger. Yeah, kinda. we we end episode one. We finally see Baby Yoda, and Episode Two just gives us more Baby Yoda, which is Yoda. perfect. And it's Baby Yoda out of the thing, running around, getting, so it, getting into things, playing with frogs. So you know, yeah, take great. that out of your mouth. And most importantly, he can use the Force like a boss. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. It's uh, this episode. I was telling Ian, we were talking about it. I go, it's not as much action, but it was so good with developing the Mandalorian character and the and the baby Yoda as well. Yeah. There wasn't even in all honesty, there wasn't even a whole lot of dialogue in this episode. No, and I <laughs> and I Which I'm absolute, fine with. Yeah. And was, I absolutely was, love that. But it was riveting. Yeah. It feels like they're doing their own thing. They're not because like in the hands of less experienced people, it's like, oh you gotta have an action scene here. You gotta have mm-hmm. this happen here, this happen here. It's like, no, just let us do our thing. And there was a little bit of action when he's chasing the, the Jawa crawl the crawl Oh my god, like I that. love that so sequence so much. Much. But it but it wasn't over the top. It was just enough, and it and, and it tell you know it pushed the story along. And then they tasted the sh- and then it tasted the shit out of him <laughs> yeah, when he got to the top. Yeah. All I was jealous. waiting for is uh, when he when he finally uh, when he gets back up and Yoda's look baby Yoda's looking at him. The only thing I was waiting for was like a <laughs> as he's getting yeah. up. I was like that would have been a Home Alone moment moment. Right totally, there. So totally. Cute Yoda. Yeah, it was a great episode. I really enjoyed it a lot, and I'm loving Nick Nolte's character. Yeah, yeah. I really like his character. A lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the ending is I think like a star destroyer shows up beside him or something in his ship. Uh, no, that was it. Wait, now I'm trying to think. Right, I don't remember either. Now you, now you put me on the spot. I watched it three times and I can't freaking remember the ending because I'm still so <laughs> excited about baby freaking Yoda. Yeah, no, I, I have I to pick the mic up when I do. Also, that. apparently yeah. that designation took off on the internet because everyone's calling him baby Yoda well, now. Yeah, because nobody knows uh, what else. To, nobody's gonna call he him. Doesn't Yaddle, have a species. So. Yeah, yeah, he's not baby Yaddle. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna call him Frank. But it is funny because I is, understood that reference. <laughs> <laughs> there is, uh, you know, it's, it's all over the internet. There's so many theories about what he is, how he became to be, whether he's a 
a clone of Yoda, whether he's a you know how yeah. or and I'm hearing more people uh, with your so my theory? Uh, with your theory that it's I the Force just creates that would be something. Cool. Yeah, like, like an immaculate conception, especially if if it was right around when Palpatine used the Force to create Anakin. Mm-hmm. It would make sense to me that the Force is all about balance. That the Force itself would somehow manifest mm-hmm. a life. Yeah, and it all depends on the age, I guess. Uh, it could be that, like, it would explain spe- his high metachlorian count. Oh, it, well, that it could just be that their species, like their like infancy, lasts literally for decades or something. Well, like no, that. centuries. Yeah, I, was, I mean, realistically, well, the infancy yeah. though. Yeah, I the mean, infancy. Because, yeah. 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 Um, because Yoda was 900 years old, so yeah. uh, 50 years old, yeah, that's a baby. Yeah. Yeah, that's a baby. <laughs> the, only, the only thing is, is that with that immaculate conception theory, is I think that, and I well, guess if well, it's... If let's, it, let's take a pause on that. Yeah. Let's take a pause on that, because we're going to take a little break for a second. We're going to play a song, because after that we'll get back to the rumors. Okay, fair enough. But... Yeah, so uh, we're gonna play a parody of This is America called This is Cloud City. And who did this? Oh, this would be me. Oh, okay. I was really yeah. I don't. We were actually we were in Dublin when this, yes, when this we idea were. came up. Nice. Um, and, and a, a year swelter- later, it's done. Yeah, this so. all started in a sweltering hot Airbnb uh, hotel in Dublin. Mm-hmm. And now we're here. Yep. Um, which and this is one of, I think so. The the album itself will come out in uh, January. But yeah, if you want to hear the song after we play it, because you love it. A, thank you. And B, it's on our SoundCloud, and the parody band's name is Muffins and the Donuts. Yeah, it's a long story. Okay. You can play the song now. (laughs) You can play the song now. We'll tell you a story, a story just for you, about a floating city, floating city just for you. I know you want the story, a story just for you, about a guy named Lando, yeah, nobody is this dude. We'll tell you a story, a story just for you, about a floating city, for the city just for you. I know you want the story, a story just for you, about a guy named Lando. Yeah, nobody is this dude. This is not city yet. It's really called Bespin though. It's really called Bespin though. The place that Han said he know. Yeah, this is not city yet. It's really called Bespin though. It's really called Bespin though. The place that Han said he know. Yeah, this is not city. Where Boba just set you up. So Vader can capture ya. The Empire's flipping now. Yeah, this is not city yet. Now Han's in the area, it's a trap, our scanners are scaring him, yeah yeah Luke gonna run into this, yeah yeah it's not vanilla, yeah yeah Han's gonna take a bath, yeah yeah carbonite sleeping bag, yeah yeah it's so cold like Hoth, hey I'm so flow like moth, hey that star blow like off, hey. City, yeah. Where Boba just set you up, where Vader just captured ya. The Empire's flipping now. Yeah, this is Cloud City, yeah. It's really called Bestman though. It's really called Bestman though. The place that Han said he know, do we just freaking now? It's so fitting. 
climb on Chewy. Leia's pretty. I'm gon' get it. Archu too. Java silly. It's so cool. Stop a can, stop a can, stop a can. Smuggling man, smuggling man, smuggling man. Sold to big rugs on you, Java. Boba gon' find you for Java. Yeah, this is God City. So that was that. You have way too much time on your hands. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I don't have enough time on my hands. That's the problem. That's why it took me a freaking year to do. There's not enough hours in the day. Um, plus to, to, to the lyrics, when I do a parody, I try to like phonetically match to like the actual words because then you're just, you know what I mean? Like, and that's hard. It's yeah. so hard. Dude, doing it for Doctor Strange, Yeah. that was so tough. It's hard because like if you do it like low effort, it just sounds bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People don't give uh, Weird Al enough credit. He's a friggin' genius. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, holy crap. Well, like, that was that was from Ian, but uh, we want to hear your Muffins stuff. Muffins and the Donuts. Muffins and the Donuts. Um, it was by Ian. Well, yeah, via so Muffins if, and if the you want to listen to not comedic music from me, uh, it's In the Cloud. The band's called In the Cloud. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, yada, yada, yada. You can look us up at We Are All In the Cloud on various social medias. But also, too, if you have your own uh, yes. parody stuff. Please, or if you have a better one than mine, yeah, send please, it in. Please send it to us, at uh, Wookie Podcast, both on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, yeah, send that to us. We'd love to, we'd love to, we'll play it, and uh, you know we'll talk to you about it if we can. Heck, call us and say you hated that. I don't know, just tell us what you think. Absolutely. Yeah, although hopefully you liked it. Anyway, <laughs> um, we have now, we're moving on to That's No Moon. That's a rumor. Um, so... We talked about this earlier in the show, and we're going to delve a little bit more into it. Is this this supposed announcement in January of a new Star Wars movie, and there's a director signed? I have to imagine uh, it is someone in the Lucasfilm family. Yeah, I'm probably. Because if it was someone else who was like a big name, it would have leaked or there was something. Right. It has to be either Favreau or Filoni. In my opinion. It can't be J.J. because he wants out after Rise of Skywalker. Which is fair. Yeah. yeah. He didn't even want to direct it originally. No, that's why he didn't do The Last Jedi. Yeah. yeah. He, he was like, give me a couple of years. And they're like, no, do it tomorrow. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's just so funny. Like I said earlier, though, it's like literally last week, all the news was, no, this is it for a while. We're right? going to figure out what we want to do. And then pay no attention we, to the men behind the curtain. Yeah, literally a week later, not only do they, is there a rumor about this in 2020, they, they, they've already set up that they're going to announce something in January. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're saying, okay, we got an announcement coming up in January. Obviously, you know, they're not going to build up for something if it's not going to be big. So the question is, what do you guys think the movie's going to be? Do you think we're going to get another anthology film that's character-driven? Are we going to get another story like Rogue One, which is like something else we've heard in the main films? It gets its own spotlight. Will it be something like The Mandalorian? Will it be a Mandalorian movie? I yeah, could I never even thought I about that. Be. They could set up for a movie, but I think or, if, they, if they were going to do a movie that quick, though, Vader. There's so much unexplored yeah. places to play with that character. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think they're going to take his character though, because I think with with the uh, Rise of Skywalker, I think they're they're going to try to move away from those characters as much as possible. Not necessarily move away from them, but I don't think I don't think they the would pro- make a whole movie. The pro- well, see, that's my thing. Is I'm thinking it, maybe it's an Ahsoka movie. I don't know. I just think if, if this is the last thing planned, it I feel like it will be almost like the cherry on top of wrapping up the Rise of Skywalker. You know what mm. I mean? Like we're done with that story, but here's one last, you know, right. send off. The problem the problem with that with a Vader movie is 
within like the time frame that you could make that movie about him, you know where he ends up at yeah. at, at a new hope. But that but that's the thing is you could do it in a way where, like they did with Rogue One. I mean, we knew how Rogue One was going to exactly, end. and the way they they did that, like that could you know what I mean? It could end with wherever Vader shows up in Empire. You know what I mean? Like it could like be that this... mo- like that movie Titanic. We all knew what was going to happen. Yeah, and it's the high, it was the highest grossing <laughs> film of all Fair time. Point. Fair point. For the most part, we knew how Endgame was going to end to an extent, yeah. to the point that we if. We knew you the didn't game think was everyone was coming back. Then you're. What, we thinking. knew the game was going to end. We knew it. What I'm saying. What <laughs> I'm saying is. What I'm saying is his character can't change in a, unless it because it would uh, contradict continuity. Right. Yeah. No, I understand what you mean. I I really hope it's something new, and I think. And like I said earlier, I think the Mandalorian success has inspired them. It's like, oh, we can try doing new things right. with new characters. Baby Yoda movie. I have. <laughs> I have a feeling it's not going to be like another trilogy. I have a feeling this will be a no, standalone. It's, it's going to be a standalone thing, and it's not, you know, because I think it's just too early for them to develop a new yeah. saga. Oh yeah. So I think they, I think with the success of Mandalorian, I think they'll, and I don't think it'll be a Mandalorian movie because they're filming season two, and that would be, they, yeah. they'd have to start filming now for it to come yeah, out. Yeah, pretty right. much. And you know what? The if it's a standalone movie, I think that's more. Like refreshing for the director mm. that they don't have to write it to set up another sequel that right. they can just tell one complete story. Yeah, right. but as we've learned nowadays, you don't need to have a sequel plan. It's probably just going to happen anyway if it's successful. Fair point. Yeah, if Fair it's successful point. enough. But yeah, I don't think I don't think that's the intent. I don't think they're intending on like like they like with Ryan Johnson's. It was going to be a whole new trilogy. There was going to be a new saga. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it'll necessarily be that. I don't think it'll be a, some kind of standalone thing. Yeah, it wouldn't and shock we'll go me. From there. But then what? What? What would you want to see? Like, uh, realistically. You know, yeah. it, and this is kind of, <laughs> maybe because of the success of The Mandalorian, maybe they'll, they'll say, okay, well, let's finally make a movie about our most famous Mandalorian, and then maybe we will get a Boba Fett. Thing. Maybe. You know, because they can still keep that separate from The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Um, but The Mandalorian kind of sets up because, you know, that could have been why they didn't make a Boba Fett movie. Yeah. Maybe they didn't think it would be popular enough. I well, got I, this. Wicket. It's about Wicket's. It's about Wicket's life post the Battle of Endor, and it's all about how he can't (laughs) live up to the hype of what he did. And it's more like the Joker. It's like super serious and very like introspective look at Wicket. I would like that. It's and it's just called Yub Nub. (laughs) That's it. That's it. That's the title. What I'd love to see, which you kind of got a little bit of in Solo, is like. A Star Wars like gangster movie, like a cri- mm. like a criminal like mobster movie. Well, I feel like that might like <clears throat> we might get aspects of that in the Mandalorian moving forward. Yeah, um, but um, no, I think that'd be cool. I mean, I think what they'll you actually, know. you know, what they, they'll probably do, um, and it's Jar not, Jar Binks movie. No, no, no. I think they're they're, they're going to try to uh, they'll try to introduce a new female character and make her a lead. Maybe because they did, yeah. you know they've done really well with um, right with uh, th- this. Portion of the trilogy, um, people love Ray. I think there's not enough. Um, just with the climate of today's society, I think they're they're gonna want to try to push, not push. I, it's a bit saying a bad word, but they want to create a, another female. The, the trend right now is female stars and females being the yeah. uh, being the uh, the top build people in the, you know movies yeah. about females. I think that they would go that route. Yeah. What I do hope more than anything though is that. The Force and the Jedi and the Sith, they kind of take, they kind of put, get uh, given a rest for a little bit 
Well, just, that's what I was hoping the anthology films would be. Yeah, it's you know? a, yeah. Mandalorian mm-hmm. is what I want the anthology films to be. Yeah, because right? if you get out of that light, dark Jedi Sith dichotomy, I think you can come up with some pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, but even in, even in the second episode of Mandalorian, we're already seeing the Force. True, <laughs> you know? true. So. That's true, and it's a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. Baby Yoda. Yeah, like, ah! like I said, I understand. Like you would say, like a movie, not necessarily about the Sith or the Jedi, but a. a a world that lives in that world, mm-hmm. like how they are affected by what the Empire does and stuff like that, but not force users or anything like that, but how they're affected by, you know, by the Imperial Senate and all that, all that stuff, yeah. And, yeah. you know, things like that. Or so, they could pull an old Republic and just set it like hundreds or thousands of years in the past. I want a movie not yeah. far, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I want a movie like yesterday in a galaxy <laughs> far, far away. Like, what's yeah. going on now in Star Wars the universe? You know, like I mean, there has been all sorts of rumors about older Republic movies being made too. Who knows? Maybe yeah, could, yeah. Mm-hmm. But could you do that as a standalone? Can you imagine Mm-mm. Keanu Reeves as Revan? That'd be awesome. <laughs> no, they couldn't do that as one movie. It'd have to be That's the a, show. Maybe yeah. it'd have to be a show. Really, and that, and that would be even worse than the primary saga because those games have like branching moral choices where mm-hmm. you can do this or do that, mm-hmm. and so there's no established like very little established continuity mm-hmm. i just don't canon. want them to reach too hard oh you know yeah I mean? totally. because like you know the example for me is uh, that show krypton you know they wanted to make a show about superman's grandparents yeah it's like actually did you end up watching it i did not because of the- i was the first person to go this is going to be freaking garbage it was good. Really? It was really good. I just really couldn't pull good. myself because it's like, why, why? I don't want to see them on that planet. I want to see it's him when probably, he comes to this planet. I'll, it has powers. And all that, that I'll stuff, give it this you know? much. It's probably the best live action version of Brainiac that we've yes. seen so far. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, without question. Yeah. Um, without question. The guy but, on Smallville was pretty good, but this one is way Yeah, but that was more like tr- a different. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, James Marsters was a really good Brainiac on Smallville. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about the whole where does Baby Yoda thing come from, but this popped up whilst we were... Watching. Whilst? Whilst. Whilst. Yes, that, that, whilst. Happens, that happens frequently on oh, the show. Oh, yeah. Well, you got to keep out for stuff. You know, yeah. you got to keep an eye out for that stuff. That just so. means that Ian doesn't get off his phone during the What's No, the no, guess? I found it on the computer. <laughs> What's the word? Um, so the rumor is, is that a, star, a classic Star Wars character is going to pop up in The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And that person, which is funny because we said, what if this happens? And then we were like, well, how would that happen because of the timeline? is freaking Obi-Wan. Apparently, the rumor right now is that Obi-Wan is the one who finds the Mando as a kid. Really? That's the rumor. Wow. Mm-hmm. But well, that, that'd be smart, because then that provides them a way to spin off the Obi-Wan series yeah, off of that. It already gives them a, a, a story to start with. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But he's shirking his duties of watching Luke. Ah, Luke's not going anywhere. <laughs> and besides the fact, there's a lot of time there where you know Luke is a baby when it first starts out, so he's got time before he That's becomes true. a teenager and becomes a pain in the ass. Oh, why so, a pain <laughs> in the ass? Exactly. As long as he knows <laughs> Uncle Ben's got him and Aunt Beru, they, they're good. You know, while he's a baby, he's not going to get into too much trouble. He's on Tatooine, and like even even in like the books, they said the reason why he took him to Tatooine, besides the fact that. He has family there. It's the fact that he knows Vader will never set foot on that planet again because that's where his mom died. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. That's fair. That Plus, I mean, sense. I have to imagine all the sand with his respirator and all that stuff. Probably right. not good. But we yeah. did, yeah, we did talk about that. That would be a perfect time to introduce him. Mm-hmm. But will but, Ewan? But, no, but 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm saying flashbacks, flashbacks where yeah, where he's <laughs> yeah. getting him as a kid. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yep. Will yep. McGregor return though? Yeah, probably. Oh, well, he's cool. doing the Disney Plus series. So yeah. Why wouldn't yeah, he? Might as well. Because with a big enough beard, he can totally pass for an older Alan mm-hmm. Guinness. Mean, he's already going to be a little grayer, and yeah, you sure. Know, um, yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, um, totally. So that would be cool. Hmm. So I don't know how I'd feel about this. Um, there's a rumor that there is, in fact, going to be a live-action Thrawn series on Disney+. Plus. I love the character. How would you do that series and make it interesting without having everything tied to stuff? Mm-hmm. Well, it could happen in between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. Yeah, it could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the what I would really, really prefer, though, is if— Have you watched Rebels? Yes. Have you? Okay, so you know— yeah. Where he is. I don't know where he ends up. Well, no, but you know that he's not, he's MIA right now. Right, yeah. I hope they get his voice actor, Lars uh, Mikkelsen, to uh, play him. I think. Does I he would, look like him? Kinda, yeah. I you give I would, him like a hairpiece or whatever. He, um, he was on Sherlock. He plays Magnuson. Oh, yeah, he could play Thrawn. Yeah. He totally could play Thrawn. I'd prefer Benedict Cumberbatch, but... There's a lot of roles I'd rather see Benedict Cumberbatch in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, though, uh, you know, live action, okay, but I think they'd be better off doing an animated series. Yeah. If they're going to do a Thrawn. I, I think it would be way easier to do, uh, just logistics of everything. I mean, he's a big blue guy. I mean, I understand that they're throwing a lot of money uh, you know, at this stuff now, but I'm saying logistically it would be a lot easier to do an animated version. Uh, with the CGI and the stuff they're able to do with, like, digitizing actors, and like how they recreated. Uh, oh, I'm not um, saying they talk. can't do it. Yeah. I'm just saying the cost could could go crazy. Oh yeah, I mean, fifteen to twenty five. That's the thing. Million. That's the thing. Like I was, I normally that's what I'd say, but now when it's come out how much they've been spending on these things, yeah, yeah, who knows? Yeah, I'd love to see. And if they could get Timothy uh, Zahn Zahn to involved, yeah, because mm-hmm. he he knows how Thrawn. Uh, is supposed well, to be. so much so that they brought him back even after they got rid of the EU yeah. stuff. They brought back Zon. So that's mm-hmm. probably in the cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna take some polls here. Baby Yoda, clone or naturally force born? I've been saying from the beginning. I think he's some kind of clone. Okay. I'm gonna say clone, probably. Okay. Uh, and this and this goes back to what I was going to say earlier. The problem with like saying he's immaculate conception of the force is I think to a certain extent the force it's better left when it's kind of not explained as much as it should be. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like if if you explain magic too much, it stops being magic, if that makes any sense. Yeah, oh, but absolutely. at the same time though, they've already made it very clear that like the force is very much for every action there's a reaction, there's a balance. There's mm-hmm. always a balance. So when something like this happens, this happens. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if the Force no, 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 is... I, I mean, everything from anything Star Wars we've ever seen, regardless of EU, not EU, pre-Disney, post-Disney, the Force creates a balance. Mm-hmm. So if there's a super uber-powerful person created with the Force, then the Force would, right. inco- you know, right. respond it would have in kind. To, it would have to, re- you know, it, it would have yeah. to respond by creating another one with the opposite. Yeah. yeah. I, I get what you mean. But yeah. that being said, the whole thing with, like, the guy having the Camino and Patch and everything, which... I mean, that might just be the, the giveaway, right? Yeah, there. yeah, probably. But, but plus, too, I'd, like I said, I think I said last week, I think we're going to get a lot of cloning stuff thrown at us at uh, in this in Rise of Skywalker as well. I think that that's going to be one of the major. I mean, it's already been obviously with the clone troopers and you know and the Clone Wars and all that stuff, but I think it's going to be even more pervasive in the 
the culture because it, it is it is a pretty I don't want to say easy, but it is a lot easier way to explain a lot of things. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh yeah. And plus, too, if it was just created by the force, why all of a sudden would they be able to to, to get a hold of it then? Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. And you got to think about it too. If that maybe that one episode that's airing on the Wednesday before Rise of Skywalker comes out has to do maybe that's when we find out if he is a clone or not. Right. Which I would if we on if we watch that, and it turns out that he is a clone, I would almost put money. On Ray being a clone, if that's the oh, ep- right. if that happens in that episode before that comes yeah, out, that would that would that would change the way I, I feel things as well. I would yeah, put money absolutely. on it. I would put money on it if that's the case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there's a lot of storytelling to tell, man. But uh, the reason, you know, because if it was just the Force created it, like I said, why why then would uh, why would anybody actually know about him? You know, you'd think he'd be in some remote area, you know. Yeah, but it could have been just like the Jurassic Park thing, like they found fossils of it somewhere, right? Or Snoke. Frozen. Snoke you know, off somewhere it. is like, yeah. there's a, just a bit. There was a little baby Yoda in Amber. Or, or just like, <laughs> like, remain, like fossilized remaining genetic material or whatever. Well, I mean, if, if, but if it was cloned at the, um, at the same if 50 years before, it would be during the Emperor and, right. and, and Vader's time. So if they were able to find anything from Yoda, they, well, they would, would be, be able to get stuff from Or, or yeah. how about this? What Even if, before that, I think. Yeah, what but, if, but that's the whole oh, thing yeah, with yeah, the Camino yeah. and Army was before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if that he wasn't created by the Empire, he was created by the Kaminoans, and it's just some project they had secreted away? Wouldn't shock me. And then they lost it, and after the Empire came in and took over the place. I'm they, almost, man, I'm almost thinking, too, because that would be right around the time that all of the clone troopers were made. Mm-hmm. So it could all tie in. And I feel like it wouldn't be that yeah. hard for them to get DNA from a million different Jedi. Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also... Well, because they were they were the good guys at that, that, po- yeah. at that point. Mm-hmm. Also, the They're cam- always the good guys. <laughs> Public <laughs> opinion's a bitch. As far as we've seen in the series so far, the Kaminoans are the only people who had the technology to clone people. Yeah, that's true. And Plus, they, they're very neutral. They're very, give us money, and we'll do it. Yeah, yeah. they're very secretive. They don't want uh, people messing around in their business. Yeah, well, <laughs> I thought that the planet where the Death Star is was like, is that Camino? Because it was, you know, that's the only time we've ever seen a water right. planet like that in yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, so, I mean, true. I don't think it was that like ridiculous an, of a thought. It could just be like an asteroid or something. No, it's not. It's a moon of Endor. Oh, really? Yeah, so yeah. it's, it's Kifber, the water moon of Endor. Which is but weird. For, yeah, which is weird because the forest moon of Endor, called Endor. Planet, called Endor. The suns, Endor 1 and 2, but then there's Kifber. Yeah. You know, I love Star Wars, but it has some of the stupidest planet names ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, um, that actually leads us to our merch of the week. Yay. Yeah. Yay. I always love the merch of the week. Dude, this is really cool, and I really wish I hadn't just got a new phone slash was an iPhone. Because <laughs> yeah. um, Samsung is putting out a really freaking cool Galaxy Note 10 Plus for Kylo Ren fans. Yeah. It is a custom, not custom, but it's it's a special edition Kylo Ren Galaxy Note. And the stylus is a red lightsaber. Oh, it's so freaking yeah. edgy. <laughs> it's so cool. I mean, like, it looks awesome. And, I mean, but holy crap. Whoa, I just saw the price. Yep, um, that's why I said holy Ooh, crap. $1,300. Oh, my God. Ooh. Now, that's that's an unlocked version. So, to be fair, if you get okay. it through your phone to service. To be fair. To get it through your phone service, you pay monthly, and it's way cheaper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah obviously. But still, that's 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 a pretty big hype, uh, price yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that thing's really cool. Um, well, shit. 
Um, just to just to explain real before we go that to be fair, it's for Letter Kenny fans. Anytime they're uh, oh, I love that show. So, they, they're coming here on a tour. Yeah, I got tickets already. <laughs> you need to watch. You need to watch. You know, show. I have, and it didn't blow me away. Fair enough. You need um, to give it some time though, because it it, it it it's one of those that the first couple of episodes are like okay, but then it grows on you. But that to be fair thing, and now it, it, I love their ongoing jokes. One joke from one episode then continues on through the series. Oh, and, I mean, and, those are some of my favorite. Like, yeah, and to be fair is one best. where they said, you know, you know, when you say to be fair, it sounds all fancy. So they started saying to be fair, to be fair. Now, anytime somebody says to be fair, they now do even do a song like, to be fair. The show itself so feels that's why I like it. I gotcha. where Trailer Park Boys left yeah, off. Kind yeah, of. absolutely. Yeah, I know. I think those my, Canadians are funny. I think oh, my totally. my problem is is um, so my buddy was watching it, and the weirdest thing, some reason, every time it went over and he was like binging it, I got there when he was watching the same freaking episode. So I've seen the episode where he doesn't want to, the main guy doesn't want to fight anymore, and people keep wanting to fight oh, him yeah. because he's not tough anymore. I've seen that one like four times. It's a pretty good one. But that's the only one I've seen. <laughs> yeah. Um, and something stops being funny when you've seen it four times in a row. Yeah. Or like, for example, I never saw Borat in theaters. So by the time I did see it at home, it was like so quoted out. Yeah. That you've, it was like, you've heard oh, all yeah. the quotes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't get why people think this is so great. Um, yeah. Well, give it a chance. Give it a chance. Start from the okay. first episode. Okay. Give it three episodes and see what you think. Yeah. All right. I will do that. All right. I will do that. So yeah, that brings us to the end of our episode. And, um, well, Next you know. week we'll be let the letter Kenny win. No, no. <laughs> Next week we'll fight Ian. Fight Ian about Tim Burton's Batman movie special. Oh, yeah, well, my wife might come in for that. Then. <laughs> uh, thanks anyway, for having me on the yeah. show, guys. Oh, dude, hey, thanks, thanks, thanks for, for coming. coming by and um, joining us and chatting about this stuff. Give and, it up for um, Cole. Woo! Golf clap. I'm just happy to be here. Um, uh, yeah, so Cole, where we can find, be found on uh, social media. Uh, Facebook. I, I know, but the uh, <laughs> I'm at J Adam Stunts. Ian's at. Uh, semi-mad, semi-mad hatter. hatter, yeah. Oh, What's your uh, handle? Uh, Unless you don't want people to know. I think it's like Seeger.Cole at Twitter or something. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. So, yeah, we've reached the end of our episode. As always, thank you for watching. Don't forget to tune into PodQuesters on GeekTainment.tv and NRM Streamcast. Coming up after this, I am Ian. I'm Jay. And I'm may Cole. The, and he's Cole. And may the force be with, with you. With all of us.